Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday, and welcome back to the Make Money Behave podcast. I hope you had a great weekend. Ours was pretty uneventful, uh, but you know, nice to hang out with the family a little bit. And actually, we did a little bit of cleaning out, and I've been doing that for the last couple of weeks. We have a very slight possibility of being able to move. And I'll get into that later on when I know for sure if that's something that we're going to do. But it kind of got us thinking, move or not move, we're going to want to get rid of some stuff that we've accumulated over the last four and a half years of being in this home. And so we started going through some stuff, you know, using up all of the lotion bottles that are just kind of half used and <laughs> that kind of stuff. Because, you know, I'm not going to waste it, but I don't want to, I don't want to pack it either. So we're going to um, just kind of start consuming the things that we have around. But in the meantime, we also want to start getting rid of some stuff. So going through our closet, we're going to be giving some stuff away to charity and, you know, we might have a garage sale and whatnot. So that's kind of what we've been doing the last couple of weeks. And we will continue to do little bit by little bit because let's get real. I can't do it all at once or I will get completely overwhelmed. So I live my life very much the way I talk about money, not doing everything all or nothing, like just, you know, a little bit at a time. So Anyway, as I was going through some of the stuff in the garage, one of the areas that I started to focus on was the file cabinet. I know that doesn't seem like a very strong place to start because like if you get rid of some paper, it doesn't really take up that much space. But you know, just mentally, it's pretty cleansing to get rid of a bunch of stuff that you really don't need. Old bills, old receipts, things that you don't really need anymore. The only things I've saved are some of the like receipt stuff for business things for my tax purposes. Other than that, a lot of the stuff just kind of got shredded. Well, in the midst of doing all of that, I ran across something that I was just kind of floored by. Honestly, I had forgotten that I did this and I wanted to share it with you today because, because it speaks to the importance of putting in the work. Now, I'm willing to bet that if I title this episode Putting in the Work, it's not going to be a very popular one because I think by human nature, we want results, but we don't really want to put in the work, right? I'm sure all of you who are listening could come up with one example or more in your lifetime when you looked at somebody and said, wow, I want to be what they are. I want to do the things that they do. I want to see the results that they see, but you don't really know the behind the scenes work that goes into it. In fact, now that I'm thinking about it, I remember seeing a graphic on social media and it was a picture of a ballerina and she had her ballerina slippers on and she was standing on the, the tippy toes of that. Forgive me for not knowing what all of this actual dance lingo is. Um, but then on the picture next to it, they showed her feet without the shoes and showed all of the calluses and, and how they had to be wrapped and all the broken toes and, and all of that. And the image went with a saying that said something to the effect of, we all want the results until we learn what it takes to get there. And I ran across this packet in my garage and it was just a reminder to me, a slap in the face reminder of all of the work that we did in order to actually get the results that we got. And when I'm talking about the results that we got, I'm talking about that $130,000 turnaround in four and a half years. So what I came across was a packet of paper, um, probably about three quarter inch thick when you put it all together. And it's basically printed out paper for our monthly cash flow plan. 
as well as a breakdown of our savings each quarter that I put in there. So um, the way that we kind of did things, the system that we used was that every single month before the month began, we would do a cash flow plan. And that basically just said, we are assuming we're going to make this amount of money and we're going to put that money into these particular categories every single month. So it wasn't something that was the same every month. There were definite similarities, but we touched it every single month. So we would do that. And then uh, at the same time of doing that cash flow plan, we would also create what was called an allocated spending plan. And that basically said, okay, you know what you're going to have for the whole month. So now let's break that down into how many paychecks we're going to get. And when we get those paychecks, what are we going to put those paychecks to? So for example, if you knew that you were going to have $1,000 for rent every month, you decided which paycheck was going to bear that $1,000 or you were able to take, you know, 500 from paycheck one and 500 for paycheck two. So it was basically just a way to list things out and know ahead of time what it was that we were going to do. So that was the second thing we did. And then we also had a savings account where we would sock some money, not just for savings, but for some things that you know we wouldn't have to pay for regularly. So like car insurance, for example, or um, license or taxes and fees for our cars, that kind of thing. So things that were due like every year or every six months, and we wanted to start putting money aside for those. So we'd have that in a separate savings account. Okay, so I'm almost out of breath just saying all of that, and I know that I've probably confused the hell out of you today. Uh, I don't want to, this is not intended today to teach you how to do all of this stuff. It's just to let you know what these papers probably are. So at the beginning of the year, now that sounds like a very cumbersome process, right? So the way that I made myself stay accountable and stay organized, because that's super important, was at the beginning of, I'm sorry, at the end of any given year, I would take some time, so like any December, you know, the end of December or whatever, I would take some time and I would print out 12 of the cash flow plans, 12 of the allocated spending plans, and then four of the sheets that kind of have the breakdown of what's in our savings account. Then I three-hole punched everything and threw it into a binder. And then I just had little tabs. These, honest to goodness, were homemade tabs <laughs> that said January, February, March, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Now, I also color-coded it so that as I'm flipping through the binder, it was easy to know what it was that I was looking for. So I decided to make the cash flow plan gold because in my mind that was like the golden ticket and then the allocated spending plans were all white and then the savings account was green because that was money that we actually had. So it was just kind of a mental cue for me. I believe that that's important. And if this is something that you're interested in trying or doing, let me know. Um, right now, the system that I use is a lot more sophisticated. It's more um, automated. You know, it's in more of an Excel spreadsheet type thing. So I don't use this paper pencil system anymore. However, however, I highly recommend that you use paper and pencil for a little while, or if you're going to do something that's an Excel sheet, I would really recommend that you use something that almost requires you to have your hands in it a little more often. Sometimes what people do when they use an Excel sheet is they say, well, I'm doing this to save time. So they put it all into the system and then they just have the same expenses and same income 
plugged in basically for the whole year. And the truth about money is that it actually is very fluid. There's not going to be one month that's exactly the same as the month before because life doesn't happen one month being exactly the same as the month before. So having a, an Excel document like that, like the one we just described, is kind of good for like having an idea and overall picture of what your year might look like, but it's not going to be the best thing to help make your money behave because you're not engaged with your money at that point. You're just looking at it on an Excel spreadsheet and you're not interacting with it. So anyway, if you want to try something like this for, with your hands on, it's it takes a lot more time because you have to do the math physically, but it actually helps to get your brain thinking about what it is that you want to do with your money. It gives you the control back. It helps you be more proactive. And this was one of the things that worked very, very well when we were in the thick of things. So I pulled this out when I was going through all of our file cabinet stuff and I just started looking at it and remembering how important it was for us to reach this goal of getting rid of all of our debt that I was willing to do even this most cumbersome thing to make it happen. So today I ask you, what are you willing to do to make your goal happen? Are you willing to print out, you know, 55 to 85 pieces of paper put it in a binder and stick to a specific plan? Are you willing to say no to the things that you really would love to say yes to? Just for now, I don't know what you're willing to do. I, I, I forgot what I was willing to do until I found this. Once I've gotten to the other side of something that was really difficult, I, I tend to not really look back and remember all of the things that I had to do to get to the other side. So sometimes I actually have to force myself to reflect on what I did. In fact, years ago, when people started asking me if I could help them do the same things that I did, I had almost forgotten what it was that I did. It wasn't until people started asking that I forced myself to go back and remind myself, these are the steps that I took, right? And now I teach people the steps that I took. But it was still, even though I teach people the steps I took, it was still eye-opening for me to find this stack of papers in the garage to remind me of, I'm not just helping other people do this. This is something I did. I actually put in the work to make this happen. And I, I know I had uh, two, I think I did this system for two or three years, actually. And I probably shredded the other ones and just kept this one. And now I'll shred this one. But it just, it was a fantastic reminder of what it was that I went through and the different steps that I was willing to take in order to make this happen. You know, the other thing that's been kind of cool about finding this is looking back and seeing what were some of the different expenses that we had back then. Uh, I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a sheet right now, and it says that our grocery budget for that month was $200. That's almost crazy, right? Like to think that we could do what we did on 200, like feed. I think at the time of this, we probably had two kids. I don't know if we had our third kid by then, um, but. I guess we found a way to feed a family of four on $200 a month. It's also interesting as I'm thumbing through this, I am seeing the transition from when we had debt to when we didn't have debt. That's pretty cool, actually. Um, it looks like in June we had debt. July we had debt. Yeah. Looks like July was a really small number. And then for August, uh, look at that. For August, I did not need to write in 
anything in our monthly budget for debt. So that must mean that that transition between July and August is when we wrote our final check to my student loans and officially became debt free. So that's really exciting. This is that. So this is the final. Um, the final year that I did this, and maybe that's why I saved it. I don't know, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll still save it. We'll see now that I know that that's the time. But anyway, it's just really neat to look back and see some of that stuff. And you know, I I could have started an Excel sheet long, long, long time ago, but that just didn't have the same emotional impact that putting this stuff in writing had for me. So I, again, I know that Excel is fantastic. I mean, I've actually worked with a developer and we created an amazing Excel spreadsheet, but even the one that I developed actually makes you touch it every once in a while in order to be efficient. And that's important to me as somebody who's really into the behavioral aspect of the whole money thing. So why do I share all of this? Because even though like right now you may look at what we've done and what we've accomplished and you may say, wow, I really want to, I want to be able to be debt free too. And I want to be able to put my money aside ahead of time. And I want to be able to do all these things and look at this Excel spreadsheet that she uses now and, and blah, 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 blah. And I just want to let you know, it hasn't always been this way. I found a way to make it happen. I didn't, I don't know Excel. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know how to create an Excel sheet to make, to save my life. Honestly, it's not fun for me. I create things. I loved creating the one that I created, but I didn't actually create it. Like I just designed it. I, I had somebody go in and do that for me. I didn't do that myself because I don't know how to do it myself. So I had a choice four and a half, five years ago when I said, I need to make this work and I don't know how to go and, and do this and I don't have the money to pay someone to do this. So what am I going to do? And I found a way. I went to Dave Ramsey's website actually, and that was a system that wasn't perfect for me, but it worked well enough. And so the documents were available for free. And so that's what I did. I just hit print and I made it work. I put it together and I made it work. And you can do the same thing. You don't have to have any fancy tools. If you want to feel good about where you are financially, you have to have three things in place. And I call these the three M's. It's kind of like a three-legged stool. You need to have balance between money, management, and mindset. Okay? Money flow just is how much money do you have coming in? Do you have enough to cover your basic needs? If you don't, you need to find a way to make more money. Okay? The second M refers to management, and that's basically what systems do you have in place to help you manage the money flow that you have? Do you have something on Excel? Do you have something, do you use an app that's out there? What What do you use? Do you use pen and paper? I did. I mean, we just went through this in the last few minutes. That's exactly what I used was pen and paper for years, and it was very, very effective. So you need to have some sort of management in place. Now that refers not just to your systems, but also to your accountability. Do you have a coach that you have helping you? Do you have an accountability partner? Do you have your spouse? Like who is part of that management system? Now, one of the things I want to say is that we're not all do-it-yourselfers, okay? And that's okay. I don't want you to listen to this and think, oh my God, she figured out how to do this on her own and so that means I need to and if I can't, then I'm a loser and da 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 That is so not true. We're not all do-it-yourselfers. In fact, I wasn't a do-it-yourselfer entirely because I am. I was because I, it was out of necessity. I want you to know and understand that since we have gotten out of debt, I have invested thousands of dollars in coaches and help and, and accountability and there's nothing wrong with that. 
I got from point A to point B by myself because I had to. But once I got to point B, I wanted to figure out how to go farther. And there's some point where I just said, I need help doing this. And I was willing to recognize that. And I had built up enough income and or uh, discipline in what I put money aside for that I was able to invest in myself. And you're going to be able to do the same thing. You might be in a place right now where you don't feel like you've got enough money to invest in a coach or invest in a program to help you with some of this. So go and find some of the free stuff that's out there. Let it get you from point A to point B. Okay, but once you've started to flex that muscle a little bit and you decide that you want to get from point B to point C and further and further, it's okay to say, okay, I'm going to actually work help into my financial plan. I want to work with somebody to help me move this more quickly. You can spend an endless amount of time finding all the free information on the internet and putting it together and doing all of that, or you can pay somebody to help you get those results a lot faster. Either way works. Just know that you're not doomed, you're not dumb, you're not hopeless if you're not a do-it-yourselfer when it comes to this stuff, okay? And that final M stands for mindset. Now, this is oftentimes where we get tripped up. We can put, we can, we can find ways to make more money, we can put fantastic systems into place, but unless we fix that whole six inches between our ears, we end up relapsing. We go back to our old ways. We go back to our old behaviors because we haven't really changed how we think about money and how we view money and our understanding of how money works in our lives. And so without these three things being in unison, without them being in balance, you're going to start to have a wobbly stool. Ask yourself what you're willing to do to make sure that these three things are in balance. This, my friends, is where I'm going to sign off today. I didn't have any intention of teaching you about those three M's in this particular episode, but I guess that's what happens when you show up to the microphone without any notes in front of you. And I love you for tuning into the podcast, even though you know it's not some fantastically organized message that's coming your way today. So, all right. Um, as always, before I leave you today, I want to ask, have you gone to iTunes and subscribed yet? Subscribing in iTunes, like, just completely takes the guesswork out for you. Every time that there's a new podcast uploaded, you are notified of that and you can listen and you don't have to go looking for it on iTunes. Speaking of going to iTunes, next time you're there, if you could just find the show and actually leave a review, I would so appreciate that. Even just a star rating would be good, but the reviews actually really, really help me. The ratings are great for ego. The, the reviews are great for content. It helps me to know what it is that you're loving about the show and some things that you might like to see tweaked a little bit. So, all right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a fantastic rest of your day, and we will be in touch tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thank you.